0: Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey, and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. We're going to think today about Mr and Mrs Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. What are the key Things in the novel that they represent and what are the key quotes that we need for them and how would we sort of write about them if we were given an essay question on the Bennet's marriage. So Austin begins the novel in chapter one with a conversation between Mr and Mrs Bennet and it's a humorous conversation because we can see immediately they are characters at loggerheads. They are characters who do not understand one another and yet they've been married for 20 years or more. So the central conflict in the first chapter is that Mr Bingley has moved into the neighbourhood and Mrs Bennet wants Mr Bennet to go and visit him because obviously until Mr Bennet does that they can't be introduced and Mr Bennet who takes delight in vexing his wife and not um and teasing her basically um pretends that he has no intention of visiting Mr Bingley, and in fact suggests that she should go and visit him, which of course is a massive social no-no that she would never be able to do. Now what's interesting is the narrative voice um, opens the novel with um, the well-known statement, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife, a very satirical statement. Now as the chapter develops with these two characters, Mr and Mrs Bennet, it becomes clear that that is very much the viewpoint of mrs bennett um and mr bennett can see through that and seeks to question seeks to get her to question that viewpoint by um suggesting that it's not going to make any difference whether he visits bingley or not so mrs bennett's dialogue um which is very hyperbolic and very exclamatory constantly emphasizes mr bingley's wealth and the fact that he is you know the ideal suitor for one of their daughters so she mentions um, that um, he has uh, four or five thousand a year um, and it's a fine thing for our girls. Um, and Mr. Bennett sort of deliberately just says, well, how so? How can it affect them? Um, pretending that he doesn't really know what she's talking about. So Mrs. Bennett says, how can you be so tiresome? You must know that I'm thinking of his marrying one of them. Is that his design in settling here? Design? Design? nonsense how can you talk so but it is very likely that he may fall in love with one of them therefore you must visit him as soon as he comes so mrs bennett's slightly illogical logic here is you know he's a young man he's not married he's got a fortune as soon as he meets one of my daughters then hey ho things should should progress naturally um and mr bennett seeks to question that assumption um By saying, you know, and he even adds his comment of Mr Bingley might like you the best of the party. Now, the narrator tells us at the end of the chapter that Mr Bennet was so odd a mixture of quick parts, sarcastic humour, reserve and caprice that the experience of three and twenty years had been insufficient to make his wife understand his character. Uh, Her mind was a little less, was less difficult to develop. She was a woman of mean understanding, little information and uncertain temper. When she was discontented, she fancied herself nervous. The business of her life was to get her daughters married. Its solace was visiting a news. So you've got two characters with very different personalities who are in this marriage and have been in this marriage for 23 years but fundamentally don't understand each other. So immediately, if we're going to have an essay on the Bennetts, what we would want to talk about here is the point Austen makes through this couple that so many marriages in her society were like this, were, were ill-matched, hasty marriages, maybe based on a kind of rash um, affection or even lustful desire, but not based on any, any firm foundation of real understanding, mutual friendship and companionship. Now, it's actually a lot later in the novel. It's chapter 42, where we get a more detailed analysis of how the Bennets ended up married and and what what happened there. Um, It's a chapter where Elizabeth reflects on her parents' marriage. Um, And it said, um, had Elizabeth's opinion been all drawn from her own family, she could not have formed a very pleasing picture of conjugal felicity or domestic comfort. Her father, captivated by youth and beauty, and that appearance of good humour which youth and beauty generally give, had married a woman whose weak understanding and illiberal mind had very early in their marriage put an end to all real affection for her. Respect, esteem, and confidence had vanished for ever, and all his views of domestic happiness were overthrown. So, is that sense of the Bennets marrying? For the wrong reasons. You know there was no firm foundation. And as soon as Mr Bennet realised what his wife was really like. He realised he'd made a wrong choice. And I think from that point onwards begins to bury himself in his library. Now he doesn't, um, Austin tells us, uh, do what a lot of other men would do in that situation. Which is to indulge in probably having quite a lot of mistresses. But Mr Bennet is still seen as morally reprehensible for the way that he mocks his wife in front of his children, so Elizabeth reflects um, that, however much she likes her father, she had never been blind to the impropriety of her father's behaviour as a husband. So she'd always been able to recognise that um, it says in exposing his wife to the contempt of her own children, um, that was that was so highly reprehensible that she always be been able to recognise that Mr Bennett's ceaseless mockery of his wife in front of his daughters uh, was something very wrong and something that he should not have done. So whilst Mr Bennett is not out there um, doing lots of very obviously immoral things, he's still not behaving with propriety of conduct in a right way towards his wife. Now, um, really, what Austen does then with the Bennets is she looks a lot at the impact a bad marriage can have on the children and specifically in the Bennets case um, their parenting and their poor parenting has a massive impact and we see this chiefly through Lydia. So Lydia is uh, the youngest Bennet daughter and she's wild she's reckless she's chaotic and Austen really shows us through the character of Lydia the impact the Bennets poor marriage has had and their poor parenting so in chapter 41 uh, Lydia has this invitation to go to Brighton um, and Elizabeth is absolutely horrified at the thought bearing in mind that um, at this point in the novel Elizabeth has been proposed to by Darcy she's refused that proposal Darcy has written her a letter in which she's referred to the impropriety of her family And as she's reflected on Darcy's letter she has to agree with him. She has to agree that the way that her father and her mother and her sisters have behaved is not right. So as um, she sees Lydia's given this opportunity which is going to be away from home with um, loads of officers Elizabeth sees the danger here and she speaks to her father very strongly. Um, she says our importance our respectability in the world must be affected by the wild volatility the assurance and disdain of all restraint which mark Lydia's character if you my dear father will not take the trouble of checking her exuberant spirits and of teaching her that her present pursuits are not to be the business of her life she will soon be beyond the reach of amendment so Elizabeth notices her father's lack of good parenting here and warns him that if he does not intervene in Lydia's uh, life she is going to be um, uh, a determined flirt, vain, ignorant, idle and absolutely uncontrolled. Now the problem that of Mr Bennett and Mrs Bennett's parenting, Mrs Bennett obviously doesn't have any good sense herself and Lydia's copied that um it's interesting that that phrase the business of her life because obviously the business of mrs bennett's life is to get her daughters married the business of lydia's life at the moment is to flirt with every officer she can find so there's a clear parallel there between the mother and the daughter but the problem with mr bennett is that he just wants a quiet life he says to um, lizzie we shall have no peace at longbourn if lydia does not go to brighton let her go then so he does not acknowledge the truth of what Lizzie says to him about the danger that Lydia is in. He doesn't see the, the danger of his own daughter. And um, he decides for a quiet life and, you know, to save himself the expense and trouble of making any trips himself, let Lydia go. And Elizabeth is grieved at his um, lack of decision there um, and his his decision to go with the easiest Uh, course of action. Then, of course, we see the events unfold, the disaster unfold, when Lydia runs off with Wickham. And again, Austen uses this to vividly depict the inadequacies of the Bennetts' parenting. So when Elizabeth arrives home from Derbyshire to this absolute chaos, um, her father is gone, her mother is taken to her bedroom in flits of Nervous flurries, Um, and she can she depicts very clearly the flaws in both of the parents here. So, Missus Bennet is insensible. Everything that she says is, you know, completely. exaggerated and hyperbolic and she says to Mr Gardner you know um, and then Mr Bennett will fight Wickham and what will become of us all Um, this kind of ludicrous kind of um, supposings that's unhelpful for anyone but you've also got the inadequacies of Mr Bennett in that a few days later he hardly writes at all to them to inform them of what's happening and a few days later he, he comes back and Mr Gardner is still there, and obviously we learn later that Darcy is actually with Mr Gardner by this point, helping him. But Mr Bennett just comes home, um, and, and gives up. And the solution to Lydia's problem is found through Darcy and Mr Gardner, not through Mr Bennett. And indeed, Darcy chooses to work with Mr Gardner, rather than working with Mr Bennett himself. So, the incident of Lydia's elopement really shows the inadequacy of the Bennett's parenting, um, which is linked to their poor marriage decision, that their lack of happiness in their marriage has also affected their parenting. And through both of these um, characters, Austin says a lot about What is real social decorum? You know, it's not enough that Mrs. Bennet knows her manners. What matters is that she needs to understand the moral consequences and shame of Lydia living with Wickham for two weeks before they're married. So she makes more of a fuss about the lack of wedding clothes than she does about the fact they've lived together before they're married. Um, Equally, Austin's making important points here through um, what we want to see in a marriage through this depiction of an unhappy marriage. And by the end of the novel, um, in chapter 59, when Elizabeth by this point has announced her engagement and Darcy's asked for permission, um, this is an important point where both Mr. Bennet and Mrs. Bennet react to the news. And Mr. Bennet's reaction is to very seriously talk to Elizabeth and, and say, are you really sure... This is what you want. Um, and he actually says to um, to Elizabeth, you know, I don't want you to, to marry someone that you don't respect, that you don't esteem, implicitly because, of course, that's what he's done. So it's interesting here because Mr. Bennett, in his um, advice to his daughter, implicitly refers to his own poor decisions. And um, he says, my child, let me not have the grief of seeing you unable to respect your partner in life. And then, of course, Elizabeth explains to him, actually, she does love Darcy. And this is what Darcy's done for them with rescuing Lydia. And um, Mr. Bennett's reaction then is, "Ha! Ah, so much the better. It will save me a world of trouble and economy. Obviously, if it had been Mr. Gardner, he would have felt obliged to pay him back. But as it's Darcy, he thinks, well, you know, I'll offer to pay him. He'll rant and stall about his love for you. And there'll be an end of it. So Mr Bennett is highly pleased, first of all, because he's off the hook about um, any debt that he felt he was in. Um, and he is obviously pleased that, that Lizzie is actually happy about marrying Darcy and doing so by choice and not by any pressure. Now, Mrs Bennett's reaction is to be struck silent for for some time and then she explodes in these exclamatory communications good gracious lord bless me only think dear me mr darcy who'd have thought it and is it really true oh my sweetest lizzie how rich and how great you will be what pin money what jewels what carriages you will have james is nothing to it nothing at all i am so pleased so happy such a charming man so handsome so tall and of course it's that clear irony that she's always despised Darcy um, and been really rude to him and now she's asking you know what shall I order for dinner what's his favourite dish so I think Austen uses their differing reactions to Elizabeth's engagement to Darcy to reveal very important things about their characters firstly for Mr Bannett ultimately um, he wants the easy life and Lizzie's marriage to Mr Darcy makes his life easier and he is happy that she's happy but there's also that sense of a lack of real concern in his own um, parental responsibility. For Mrs. Bennet, this fulfills her wildest dreams of having two daughters married really, really financially well. Um, And we can see in her reaction, it's all about the wealth and the status that Elizabeth's going to have now. So Mr. and Mrs. Bennet have very different priorities in life, but Austen uses them to really demonstrate I think what she believes a good marriage looks like and through what they're not presenting and also shows that through Elizabeth and Darcy's marriage we're gonna have a much firmer foundation, a much better marriage because of their mutual understanding, their respect for one another and their companionship. Um and so Mr and Mrs. Bennett's poor marriage um gives us the example of what happens if you marry for a rash affection. Um, It has a very large impact on the children and how you parent your children. And they both of them have a lack of decorum and understanding of true morality and and manners um, that really shows Austen's true moral code that it's more important um, to get things right deep down internally than it is to tick the boxes of what society wants you to do. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests so if you want me to talk about a text you're studying get in touch. Thank you for listening see you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.